Welcome to Always Abounding. This podcast will encourage you as a believer to continue on and always abound in the work of the Lord. Now your host, Keith Stensis. Welcome to our podcast, Always Abounding. This is your host, Brother Keith Stensis, here in Uganda, East Africa. And what a blessing it is to be back here in the city of Masaka. And back in my office, the last couple of podcasts we did in the village using our remote equipment. And uh, it was such a blessing to be able to introduce you to uh, Brother Paolo Lastin and uh, Brother Samuel Kuchana. And uh, I hope and pray that their testimonies were an encouragement and a challenge to you as to what can be done and what these nationals are doing for the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a blessing. It is a blessing uh, to be able to see these guys serving the Lord. It's a blessing seeing these guys accomplish the things that they're doing for God on their own. Uh, I just talked with uh, Brother Lastin today on the phone, and uh, they're continuing with their building project, and uh, it is a blessing to be able to see that building going up, and very soon, uh, Lord willing, we'll be able to help them put the roof on their structure, and uh, so I'm really, really excited about that, and uh, and I would continue to ask that you pray for these guys, pray for Brother Kuchana as uh, they try to raise the uh, necessary funds for their land uh, so that they can move out of the chicken coop. You know, when I was uh, talking to him about that, I did not realize until the day before, because I've been to his church many times and uh, and we've had the opportunity of preaching there, uh, but I had no idea until this last time we went that that was actually a uh, restored chicken coop. And so uh, it was, a, it, that would just bless my heart that they would take something like that and turn it into a structure where they can uh, have their services and uh, but I know that they're excited about getting their own land and so please please pray about what God uh, would do as far as providing uh, the money that is necessary to purchase that land so that they can have their own structure on their land and uh, be able to continue to reach uh, the people in that community there with the gospel of Jesus Christ the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58 therefore my beloved brethren be steadfast unmovable always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And once again, this podcast is all about encouraging you to always abound in the work of the Lord. And uh, it's amazing to me uh, over and over and over, you you talk to people and you see people, you watch the news, you all the investment that people are making into a life uh, that is temporary, a life that uh, really in the long run does not matter. And uh, and yet uh, we, we have the responsibility to abound in the work of the Lord. What are you doing for God? What are you doing to further the cause of the kingdom of God? We had a great, great week this past week. We just got back from uh, the village of Kabasese, uh, where Brother uh, uh, Brother Gava Makulia Madi is the uh, leader of the church there. And uh, he is also being mentored by Pastor Serenjoji Paul as uh, they try to develop this church. Uh, as you know, uh, 
they have another church uh, in Buzidango, and uh, in Buzidango, we have had the opportunity of helping them construct their uh, building, and uh, their building is now finished, and they are doing a great work there for the Lord Jesus Christ in Buzidango. But they wanted to start another church in the village of Cabasese, and uh, Cabasese is a is a fishing village, and uh, so when you go to Cabasese, all the structures there, most all the structures are literally made with uh, corrugated iron sheets and uh, uh, not just on their roofs, but even all their walls are made out of uh, iron sheets. And so you can imagine the heat uh, during the day there. And so their church building is no different. Now they were able to purchase a piece of land there. So the land is theirs. And so they're able to uh, build on that uh, land, however they want to build. But uh, as for now, they uh, just built like everybody else did that. Of course, we got the iron sheets on the uh, on the roof of the church, and then the walls of the church are made with iron sheets as well. And uh, we had a great, great service out there. A good number of people came. Uh, the Lord is really working in that area, very hard area, very difficult area. Um, these fishing villages um, are typical of the stereotype we think of when we think of uh, Indian reservations uh, in the United States where a lot of drunkenness is going on. There's not a whole lot. There's a lot of money that comes in to help people, uh, but they uh, they don't use that money to better their lives. They use that money to drink. And so a lot of alcohol, alcoholism that goes on there, uh, a lot of prostitution, just a lot of wickedness that goes on in these fishing villages. But praise the Lord, we've got somebody there that is preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, while we were there, I had the opportunity of baptizing 16 people that had trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior. And uh, then on the uh, evangelism on that same day, uh, we were able to see seven people come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And so what a blessing that was. And uh, I was so excited about what is going on there in Cabasese. We had a huge, huge uh, rainstorm that day. And normally... Uh, in that area, because it's a fishing village and it's uh, located very close to Lake Victoria, uh, normally we walk uh, two or three kilometers uh, down to the lake uh, to baptize. And uh, so we were expecting to do that, and I was perfectly fine with that. Uh, but uh, the day before we baptized, we've, we got this huge, huge rainstorm. As you know, we're still in the middle of rainy season here, and so we got this huge rainstorm uh, that came in and just rained all all the night through and then all the morning and uh, so it down in the uh, in the valley there it formed a small little pond and uh, and so it was deep enough uh, that we were able to go ahead and baptize in that pond and it was just it was very close to the uh, the church building there so that was a blessing as well not having to uh, walk that distance to get all the way to that uh, that place to baptize and so it was just a great time people were taking advantage of washing their clothes uh, there at the pond and uh, watering their cattle and everything. And it was just, it was a blessing to be able to be there and uh, see those 16 people get baptized. And so really, really pray uh, for our church there in Cabasese. As, as you know, they're very satisfied. They're very happy with the building and structure they have. But uh, as you know, most of our church buildings uh, or most of our people here are desiring to build permanent structures. And uh, so be, be praying for them as they... 
work toward that end. And uh, then just uh, yesterday, uh, right before the recording of this podcast, we were able to uh, have our graduation. We've already had two people graduate uh, this year from our Bible college. Uh, Brother uh, Bwambale Robert graduated, Brother Innocent and Kuruziza graduated. And uh, this time we had a lady who's been in our institute, uh, in our Bible colleges for for quite some time. And uh, she was finally able to finish up as well. Her name is Chomohendo uh, Teopista. And uh, what a blessing it was uh, to hear her testimony uh, from what God brought her from and the different things that she had to experience uh, growing up as a child. And uh, then God working in her life, getting her into Bible college. And, uh, and she just has great, great potential. She has a heart for the Lord. She studies the Word of God. And uh, I believe that she has a great potential to do great things for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so pray for her as uh, she endeavors to figure out what God would have her to do and uh, the direction that God would have her to go in her life. Right now she is working uh, for another missionary couple and uh, helping them uh, in their ministry, and at the same time, she's very active in our ladies' Sunday school class here in our church, uh, helping my wife teach the ladies. And uh, so, pray for Miss Tao, if you would, that uh, God would continue to direct her footsteps as far as her future is concerned. And uh, so, again, it is just—I tell you—it is a blessing to be able to serve the Lord here. Uh, what an opportunity it is to be able to uh, to be able to accomplish the work that God has called us to do, and be able to see the fruit of our labors. And and let me just tell you something, the fruit of labor comes after longevity of ministry. It takes people who are willing to stick with it. It takes people who are willing to say, hey, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to go by the wayside. I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep on going. And what is it, what was interesting last night as we were talking to several people is we're seeing uh, the children in our Sunday school classes of the parents that used to be in our Sunday school classes uh, when we first came to Uganda. And uh, and again, that just, uh, I can't tell you how much that blesses your heart, encourages you. Uh, you know, sometimes Satan gets you distracted with all of those that, uh, that are failing and all those that don't want to do right. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful uh, for those who do want to do right and those who uh, want to accomplish something for the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, well, let's continue in our series here in the book of 1 Thessalonians. And again, I'm not sure how far we're going to get today, uh, but uh, we're going to try to get as far as we can and maybe, Lord willing, finish uh, the book today. And if not, then uh, we'll finish it next time in our next podcast. Uh, but uh, I've entitled this podcast uh, A Shotgun Conclusion, A Shotgun Conclusion. And the reason I've entitled that is because Paul has been discussing uh, several different things at length and in detail uh, about things that he's encouraging uh, the Thessalonian believers to do. And uh, he's encouraging them to increase in their love. He's encouraging them to increase in their faith. And uh, that is the main two topics that he really deals with on a on a detailed basis throughout this book uh, is the issue of love, abounding in their love, the issue of their faith, making sure their faith is increasing. And, uh, and then he addresses their fear of the future, uh, their concern 
concerned about the coming of the Lord. They're concerned about uh, where their uh, uh, their ancestors, their relatives have gone, those that have died in Christ. And they're also concerned about the day of the Lord when God pours out his wrath uh, upon this world. What's going to happen to them? And so Paul's been dealing with a lot of these things on a detailed basis. And then we get to the end of the book, and it's almost as if Paul is firing a shotgun and uh, not really focusing in on anything particular, but just nailing a whole bunch of things at once. And uh, so we're just going to look at these things. And I told you a couple podcasts ago that Paul addresses 16 different areas just in these last few verses uh, that he is admonishing people and exhorting people uh, to be very careful of. And again, here's, here's one of the things that's so interesting to me. You know, there's there's people that get hung up about the law of Moses and, you know, are we under the law of Moses? And, and uh, you know, then you've got some people that say, well, we're, we're, we're still under the, uh, the civil part of the, the law of Moses. We're just not under the ceremonial part of the law of Moses. And it, it's as if people, for some reason, have this idea that we don't have enough rules. And so let's, uh, let's go back to the law of Moses and let's borrow some laws of Moses. Uh, let me just say something very emphatically here. Number one is this. We are under not one little law of Moses, not even one law of Moses are we under. There is no such thing as civil uh, law. There is no such thing as ceremonial law. It was all the law of Moses. It was the constitution for the nation of Israel. Not one part of the law uh, was for the church. Not one part of the law uh, is to put us under any part of it. And the Bible very clearly says if you break one part of the law, you're guilty of breaking all the law. So why would we even want to put our back under the condemnation of the law. And Paul mentioned that in the book of Acts. Why do you want, why do you want, our fathers could not even keep the law. Why do you want to put yourself under it? And so I said all that to say this is because we don't need any of the law of the Moses. All of that back there was for our learning, for our admonition. Uh, it was to help us to understand how God ruled in the nation of Israel. And and by the way, let me just say this. I am not someone who says that we need to just throw away the Old Testament. There are principles of Scripture uh, that are eternal principles that are verified and backed up in the New Testament. But I'm, let me just say this. As a church, we do not need to go back uh, to the Old Old Testament in order to get what's right and what's wrong. Uh, we, we don't need to do that. God has put everything that you and I need to know as a church, as a part of the body of Christ within the epistles. And uh, so when you look at the Old Testament, you look at those first uh, thousands of years uh, up until the law where man was ruled by their conscience uh, and they failed. Conscience can be seared. Conscience can be twisted. Conscience can be uh, taken away to where it has no no effect. And so conscience doesn't work. And then God gave the law of Moses to the nation of Israel so that they might know how to uh, conduct themselves in the nation of Israel, doing uh, the work that God had called them to do in the nation of Israel. And uh, that lasted all the way up until the cross. And yet that did not work. And uh, so finally, Jesus Christ comes just as has was prophesied and just was, was pictured uh, in the tabernacle and the sacrifices. Jesus Christ comes 
comes and dies on the cross and sheds his blood, and he he reveals that mystery of the church and uh, that church, that body of Christ that he came and shed his blood for. And and so God did not just say, all right, I'm going to start the church. Now go back, and I want you to abide by the law of Moses. No, the law of Moses was for Israel. And so God says, all right, I'm going to give the church the epistles. I'm going to give the church the letters uh, to teach them how to conduct themselves in their life as a Christian in the church. Be very careful. Be very careful about getting your doctrine from the Gospels. Be very careful about getting your doctrine uh, from the book of Acts. And, And again, I'm not saying don't. I'm just saying be very careful because those are transitional books. The majority of the Gospels were in the Old Testament. Uh, everything up until the cross was Old Testament time period. And so you've got to be very, very careful. You've got to be very wise uh, in uh, in finding doctrine uh, in the Gospels. You've got to be very careful about finding doctrine in the book of Acts. Uh, these are transitional books. These are books that were transitioning uh, from over a thousand years of Judaism. And now we're transitioning into the church. We're transitioning into the body of Christ. And so there were things that were done in the Gospels. There were things that were done in the book of Acts uh, that were not meant to be done on a perpetual basis. Uh, they were done for that particular time, for that particular transitional period, and uh, and then they were meant to cease, and then we were to continue to conduct ourselves according to how the Word of God dictates in the epistles. And so all we need uh, to know what is right and wrong and how to conduct ourselves are found in the epistles from the book of Romans uh, to the book of Revelation. Uh, Everything that you and I need to know to conduct ourselves for the Lord Jesus Christ in the church is found in these epistles. Now, I said all that to say this is because Paul, as he concludes this letter to the Thessalonian believers, he hits them with a shotgun blast of this and that uh, that they are to do and and in the church, out of the church, in their personal lives, various things here. And, and again, you could spend uh, a, a message on each one of these things. You could spend an entire podcast on each one of these things. We're not going to do that for sake of time, uh, but we're going to go through these very carefully. Now, so remember, we're coming off Paul, uh, helping them to overcome their fear of the future. Uh, so he has laid to rest any fears about those who have died in Christ uh, in chapter 4. He has laid to rest any fears about going through the wrath of God, the day of the Lord, uh, there in chapter 5. And uh, so now he is telling us, all right, now that you know you don't need to fear the future, what do you need to be doing now in the present? And so a couple podcasts ago, we talked about uh, the fact that we need to honor and we need to respect those that are in authority. The Bible says in verse number 12, and we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. And for the work's sake, for the work that these men and women of God do uh, in the ministry, those that labor among us, those that are over us in the Lord, those that have the spiritual authority in our lives, uh, we need to respect them very highly. We need to love them because of the work that they do for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, verse number 14 
He says, now we exhort you, brethren. Uh, There's several things here that Paul is going to be exhorting them on, encouraging them to do, and we're just going to take each one of these one by one, step by step, as we go through, and we'll see how far the Lord allows us to go today. He says, now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly. Warn them that are unruly. You know, it's hard to imagine that there would be people uh, within the church that would be unruly. And, uh, and, but the fact of the matter is in, in every family, in every situation, you're going to have people who for one reason or another, they don't want to follow the rules. They don't want to follow the authority and they want to just, they kind of have their own agenda. They want to accomplish what they want to accomplish. And they don't really, uh, they're not a team player. They don't want to follow the pastor. They just have their own program in mind. And that's what, that's what the word unruly is talking about. They just do not want to follow the rules. Uh, Paul goes into greater detail in this next letter uh, as far as uh, warning these that are unruly in 2 Thessalonians and chapter 3. Apparently, this was a problem in the church. He says in verse number 6, Now we command you, brethren, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that ye withdraw yourself from every brother that walketh, here it is again, disobedience orderly, disorderly, and not after the tradition which he received of us. And so 2 Thessalonians is telling them what they need to do uh, when a brother in Christ does not heed the warnings, does not abide by the warnings. And, And when we see somebody in the church that is trying to follow their own agenda, they're trying to follow their own program, uh, they need to be warned. We don't need to be keeping our mouth shut. We need to be able to have the boldness to walk up to a brother or sister in Christ and say, hey, you're not doing right. You're not living right. You're not following the word of God in the right way. Uh, Again, there in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, he says in verse number 14, and if any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man and have no company with him that he may be ashamed. Yet count him not as a brother, but admonish or count him not as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. And so our point is when somebody is walking unruly, we're not out there to destroy him as we would try an enemy. Uh, But we are to realize he's a brother in Christ. He's walking disorderly. He's walking after his own way. And you and I have a responsibility as brothers in Christ to warn them that are unruly. Now, again, here in 1 Thessalonians, he says to warn them. Uh, In 2 Thessalonians, apparently they were not abiding by the warning. And so God says through the Apostle Paul, withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly. And so that's the way we're to conduct ourselves. God says, don't put up with people who are who have their own agenda, who are going their own direction, doing their own things. Don't put up with them. You warn them, uh, you let them know what the Bible says, but if they choose to not walk according to the rules of the Word of God, then you need to withdraw yourself from them separate yourself from them that they may be ashamed. Notice, secondly, he says, comfort the feeble-minded. Comfort the feeble-minded. Now, the word feeble-minded just simply means that. When we talk about uh, somebody who is feeble, we're talking about somebody who is weak, uh, somebody who is not settled in the mind. Uh, The Bible says, let every man be fully persuaded 
in his own mind. Uh, but there are those who are not fully persuaded. There are those uh, who spend a lot of time worrying. There's a lot of people who spend a lot of time fretting. And uh, so the Bible says here, comfort them that are feeble-minded. Now, comfort is something he's used many times in the scripture. Remember, uh, in chapter 4, after he talked about the rapture, he says, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. After he talked about the day of the Lord and the fact that God's people, the church, will not experience the day of the Lord, in verse number 11, he says, wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify uh, one another. Uh, in uh, verse number 7 of chapter 1 of Second Thessalonians, he says, And to you who are troubled, rest with us. Rest with us. In chapter 2, in verse number 2, he says, That ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. And so there were people in the church who were feeble-minded. Uh, they were worrying. They were fretting. They were Their mind was not settled. And so God says we have a responsibility to comfort them, encourage them, teach them, help them to see that there's nothing to worry about, help them to see that there's nothing to fret about. And so we have a responsibility to comfort them. Don't criticize them. Don't make fun of them. Don't don't try to abuse them because they may uh, they may not be as strong as you are. Uh, but comfort them through these times. Let them know it's going to be okay. Now, notice the Bible says number three: support the weak. Support the weak. The Bible has much to say about the weak. If you go to Romans in chapter number fourteen, Romans in chapter fourteen and verse number one, the Bible says, "Him that is weak in the faith, receive the." receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. In other words, we're going to find people in the church who are weak. We're going to find people in the church who are weak spiritually. Maybe they've not grown in the Lord. Maybe they're new believers or new converts, and uh, so they have not had an opportunity to grow. And so he said, this is not a time to argue with them. It's not a time to debate with them. He says, receive them. Uh, verse number two, for one believeth he may eat all things. Another who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not and let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. Hey, every one of us grow at different levels. Every one of us grow at different points in our lives, and we have strengths and we have weaknesses. And so God says, listen, I want you to support the weak. I want you to help the weak. Now, I don't believe, again, he, Paul is, is talking in the spiritual matters. He's not talking about somebody who is weak physically. He's not talking about the elderly. He's talking about about those who are weak in the faith. Uh, look in Romans chapter 15 and verse number one. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification, for even Christ pleased not himself. And so once again, we need to understand as believers in the church, there are all different kinds of people people with different backgrounds, people that were raised differently, people that have different nationalities, people that have different cultures. And, and so because of our backgrounds and because of where we came from and because of our relationships with others, every single one of us are going to be growing at different levels, at different capacities. And so we don't need to criticize them. We don't need to argue with them. We don't need to despise them. We need to support them. All right, let's go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and uh, 
look in there in verse number uh, verse number 14 again. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, and uh, oh my goodness, this is a big one here. Be patient, be patient toward all men. You know, that's one of the things that uh, we, we struggle with a lot uh, in church, and, and that is to be patient with people. And, and again, it goes back to what he's just said. There are those in the church who are feeble-minded. There are those in the church who are weak. And, uh, and, and, and again, not everybody is on your level. I like what my pastor used to tell me a long time ago before he uh, died and went to heaven. He says, learn to accept people the way they are, not the way you want them to be. Because a lot of times people come in the church and they've got baggage from the past and they've, they've got things on their mind. They've got things that they've experienced that you and I will never, ever be able to understand. And so I need to look at them and I need to say, all right, I'm, I'm going to accept this person. This is the way he is right now. And, and I'm going to give him a chance to grow. I'm going to give him a chance to mature. I'm going to give him a chance to learn. I'm going to do everything I can to teach him. I am going to be patient with him. Now, it is a very easy to say it is very hard to do uh, because we tend to become very impatient with people. We want people to grow faster uh, than they're going to grow. We want people to be more like us uh, than they really are. And and so we get frustrated with people and we get annoyed with people uh, because of their spiritual eyes or what they're doing or what they're not doing. And God says, be patient with him. Listen, thank God. I, I, I look in my own life. I am so thankful uh, for people in my life, my pastor, uh, friends in, in my, my home church, my, my father, my mother. I, I'm so thankful for people who were patient with me. When, when I look back in my early life as a Christian, I, I, I would not have been patient with me. I mean, the, the, the things that I was doing and the things that I was uh, believing and, and the immaturity that was about me, uh, when, I, when, I, when, I, <laughs> when I think back uh, to when I was ordained to the ministry, and just a young, honestly, I was just a young kid. I was just out of fresh out of Bible college. I'd never pastored a church before. I never started a church before. Never led a ministry before. And uh, and I was just green as all get out, in my opinion. And and uh, when our church said, "Hey, we want to separate you. We want to send you out," uh, boy, at the time I thought, "Wow, this is great, man. I uh, we're, I'm going to be ordained to the ministry, and I'm going to be able to go out and do great things for God." But now as I look back at those times, I look back and I said, man, those people were so patient with me. I can't believe that they ordained me. I cannot believe that they thought there was any potential uh, in my life for the Lord Jesus Christ. But you know what? There was a lot of people who were patient with me. I remember in my home church uh, years, <coughs> excuse me, years ago, before I even came to the mission field, uh, older guys in our church, uh, I remember uh, Brother Ronson, and, and I remember Brother Vath, and, and I remember different ones of these guys who would just sit down with me, and, and, and things that I believe that might not have been necessarily wrong, those guys sat me down and, and, and put their arm around me and said, hey, let me, uh, just as Aquila and Priscilla did to Apollos, let's, let's explain to you the Word of God more perfectly. 
And, uh, and I'm so grateful for those men that were patient with me. Be patient with people. I encourage people here in our church here in Masaka and in our ministry up in Kalido, be patient with people. Don't get in a hurry with their lives. Don't feel like they're, well, they should be somewhere uh, ahead and, and they should be at this point and they're not. And they should be, a, be patient with them. Be patient with them. Be patient with them. Let God work in their life according to the plan that God has for them. He says now in verse 14, now we exhort you, brethren, uh, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. And verse number 15, see that none render evil for evil unto any man. Well, look at what he said to me. Look at what he did to me. Look at what he, how he gossiped to me. He said, don't render evil to any man. It is never right to do wrong in order to do right. If somebody does evil to you, just say, hey, you know what? Uh, I deserve a whole lot worse. Uh, again, I remember my pastor used to tell us, we, we deserve a whole lot worse than we're ever treated. The worst that you get treated is better than you deserve. And so if somebody talks evil about you, if somebody speaks evil, if somebody does evil, you just keep going ahead. You just keep doing right. Do not let uh, what people say uh, deter you from doing right. I had somebody come to me just recently and said, oh, pastor, you you, you just can't believe what this person said to me. And, and uh, this person said this in front of other people. And now uh, I feel like my testimony is hurt and my testimony is tarnished. And I looked at him and I said, listen, is what they said true? Well, no, it's not. Is, is what they said verified? Well, no, it is not. I said, then what are you worried about? Keep doing right. Don't let the, the actions of others and the attitudes of others and the words of others cause you to say, well, I just don't know if I can continue. Hey, you, you look at the apostles and all of the false accusations against them. Look at Jesus Christ. They, they, they accused Jesus Christ of being possessed with the devil. Now, what did he do? He didn't return evil for evil. He just kept preaching. He just kept going ahead, and his actions and his testimony and what he did proved that what they were accusing him of was very, very wrong. So see that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Follow that which is good. Look at how you can be a blessing to others. Look at how, and, and, and the Bible says, hey, do good to them that hate you. Pray for them that despitefully use you. And, and I know that <clears throat> this is very easy preaching. And I know that these things that I'm saying, you know, you say, well, it's easy for you to say. No, it, it's not. Uh, it, it is, yes, it is easy to say, but it is hard to practice. But God says, don't, don't return evil for evil. He says, you follow that which is good and, and look for the opportunities of good that men are doing. Look for the opportunities. I, again, I'm, as I'm going through this, I'm just being reminded of so many different sayings that my pastor used to tell us before he went to heaven. And one of the things that, that he used to say is, don't be surprised when people do wrong. Uh, be surprised when they do right. Why? Because we're all evil. We're all wrong. We're 
We're all sinful by nature. Our hearts are all deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? We're, we're all uh, filled with, with nothing that is good. The Bible says they are in the flesh cannot please God. And so when you see someone that does good, when you see somebody that, that is faithful, when you see somebody that is accomplishing something for God, don't worry and don't harp and don't concentrate on that which they're doing wrong or that which they are doing against the word of God. Find out, hey, what are they doing right? And encourage them in what they're doing right, encouraging in what they're uh, accomplishing for the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and again, I see that so many times in our ministry here. We've got guys that have just gotten saved and they come from very rough backgrounds. And, and it would be very easy to, to criticize them for the evil that they're doing. It'd be very easy to criticize them for the wrong that they're doing. And, and yes, there's a time for teaching. And yes, there's a time for reproof. But look for the opportunities to praise them for the good that they're doing. Look for the opportunities to follow the goodness that is that they are trying to accomplish in their lives. He says, ever follow that which is good. Don't render evil for evil. Look for the opportunity of finding good in people. And, and, and again, when you, when you endeavor to do that, then you're not going to have time to think about doing evil back to them. You're saying, now, I realize there are some people that you might have to look a long time to find some good. And, uh, and I understand that. And there's just some honorary characters out there. Uh, but he says, listen, don't return evil for evil. Ever follow that which is good. Well, we're not going to finish this book today. We'll have to do this in our next podcast. But let's look at one more because I want to end on a positive note. The Bible says in verse number 16, very, very simply, rejoice evermore. Rejoice evermore. And over and over and over, I guess one of the probably the, the most popular books talking about joy uh, is the book of Philippians. And so go back to Philippians, and, and uh, these are verses that you've heard all of your life. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice Rejoice in the Lord. He says, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. The peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds uh, through Jesus Christ. Paul is just saying, rejoice. We have so much to be joyful about. We have so much to thank God for. I tell you, I, I look in my life, and and yes, I could come concentrate on what I don't have, and I can concentrate on what I haven't been able to do. Uh, but I'm telling you what, I'm sitting here today behind this microphone rejoicing that God has been so good to me. He's given me a ministry where I can serve him every single day of my life. He's given me godly friends. He's given me one of the one of the, the best pastors there are uh, in the world. He's given me an, a, an amazing home church. He's given me a beautiful, loving wife. He's given me great children. And, and I I am just so thankful. He's given me the word of God. He's given me the Holy Spirit uh, that indwells me each and every day. I'm just saying, if you'll sit down and 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 instead of concentrating all the bad things of life and and all of the uh, the things in life that seem to go against you, think about what God has done for you. And I'm telling you, there is an opportunity for you to rejoice every single moment of every day. 
Now, there, there's things in life, and again, you know the difference. There are things in life with it, uh, that you're not necessarily happy about, and, and you go out there and, and wreck your car, or uh, you go out there and find out that uh, you've got a, 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 a uh, health problem that is going to take a lot of finances to take care of. Hey, you're not going to sit there and just say, well, hallelujah, man, I'm just so thankful for all this kind of... No, I, I'm not talking about being happy about bad things that happen, but what I am saying is there will constantly be joy in your heart over what God has done and what God is doing in your life. And we can have joy knowing about the future and what God has in store for us uh, coming up. And so Paul tells the Thessalonians, rejoice evermore. We don't have to be sad. And again, the Thessalonians are going through tribulations. They're going through suffering. They're going through heartache. They're going through all kinds of, of difficulties. Um, they're, they're concerned for the future. They're concerned about what is going on in the future. And Paul says, listen, rejoice, rejoice. Don't, don't worry. Don't fret. Don't, don't, don't complain. Don't, don't, don't sit back and, and think that God has lost, uh, lost control over anything. He says, rejoice ever more. By the way, that's one of the, one of the characteristics of being filled with the spirit is, uh, having a life of joy and, uh, living in that joy, not letting circumstances rule and reign in your life. Well, we'll have to finish this up in our next podcast as we look at these uh, Paul's shotgun conclusion here uh, in the book of 1 Thessalonians. So many different things, just small little things that he's just hitting one, one thing right after another. And uh, Lord willing, we'll finish those up uh, in our next podcast. Let's just review real quickly. He says in verse 14, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, Comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. And then finally he says, rejoice evermore. Rejoice evermore. What a blessing. What a, what a great uh, set of, of rules. What a great set of principles that the Apostle Paul has laid out there for you and I to follow and uh, be obedient to. Amen? Well, once again, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And truly, 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 our labor is not in vain in the Lord. And if I can do one thing in this podcast, it would be to encourage you that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And so keep abounding in the work of the Lord. Keep abounding in the work of the Lord. Uh, as you know, uh, yesterday, uh, uh, again, I'm, I'm recording this earlier, but yesterday, if you're listening to this podcast today, uh, yesterday was Thanksgiving, and uh, I am so thankful. I'm so thankful for, for, for what God is allowing us to do here in Uganda. I'm so thankful for you. I'm thankful for your prayers. I'm thankful for your support, uh, both financially and just being there for us and encouraging us with uh, emails and text messages. Thank you so much uh, for your encouragement. We would not be able to do uh, as much as we do over here for the Lord Jesus Christ without your help. And so I am so thankful for you, thankful for my wife, thankful for my family, thankful for my home church, my pastor. Uh, I tell you, I could just sit here and thank God over and over and over for all that he has done for me 
and all that he has given to me, I am truly, truly so, so blessed. And uh, so I hope you had a great uh, holiday time with your family uh, this week as uh, you celebrated Thanksgiving. And uh, hope and pray that as you plan for the upcoming holidays uh, in December, uh, that you'll have a great time with friends and family as well. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. Don't forget, if you've not done so already, let me encourage you to subscribe uh, to our podcast. Uh, just go to that button uh, there on the platform, wherever you listen to podcasts, and hit that subscribe button. Every Friday, uh, we upload a new podcast for your encouragement. And again, if you have any friends or family or maybe fellow church members in the church where you attend that might be encouraged by this podcast, uh, send them the link to it and uh, let them know they can subscribe to it and uh, we can be a help and a blessing to them as well. Well, thank you so much. And I hope and pray that today was an encouragement to you. Continue to pray for our ministries here. Uh, pray for all of our different churches, all these different churches that we mentioned, uh, especially the church we were just out there in Cabasese. Pray for the construction work uh, that is going on up in Kalita. We got three churches up there uh, that were working uh, in a construction project. Pray for the church in Chazanga uh, that is being rebuilt, the one that was uh, destroyed by the storm. And uh, so that is uh, in the process of being rebuilt as well. So a lot of construction projects going on over here. Pray for God's provision. Pray that God will take care of us and continue to provide uh, the needs that we have for those. Pray for our church here. Pray for our students as they get ready to finish up their final term of 2023 uh, in our Bible college. And uh, so pray for that as they finish up. And uh, then pray for a new year that's coming up and a lot of uh, important things happening in 2024. Uh, lots of things to pray for. Uh, pray for our missions conference here in uh, Masaka as we get ready to uh, ha have that missions conference. My wife also has a ladies conference coming up the end of November, uh, the first part of December. So please pray for that. A uh, lot of activities happening, Christmas holidays, and then we've got our TBI coming up in January. Uh, pray for our furlough that's coming up uh, in June of, uh, of 2024 as we prepare for that and get meetings set up and all the things that are necessary uh, to prepare for that. And so lots of things to pray for. And uh, thank you so much for your prayers. Thank you so much for your dedication to the Lord. And uh, thank you for allowing us to be a part of your weekly schedule on the Always Abounding Podcast. God bless you so much. Have a wonderful day in the Lord. We want to thank you for listening today. We trust that this podcast was an encouragement to you to always abound in the work of the Lord. For more information about your host or simply contact us, visit kstensisfamily.com.